Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. This is one of our uh, irregular interview pods with uh, a chat with somebody that we thought would be wasted if we just added it onto our usual pod yesterday. Um, it's a really interesting interview, Kieran. Unfortunately, you weren't available to join me to do it. Um, I've told you all about it. We spoke to Tony Taylor from Level Playing Field, which is a, a charity that advocates on behalf of disabled football and sports fans. Um, and it was a fascinating chat, and I learned an awful lot. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Before we start, as usual, can you tell us just a little bit about your yourself, your background, and then about Level Playing Field and your role in it, so just the just the essay question to start. Okay, well, the, the, and the the essay answer. I, I've been a football fan for far too many years than I, I care to remember. So I went to my first uh, football match in the uh, I think in the nineteen nineteen sixties and uh, an old good old fashioned Division Three uh, uh, game. Uh, and I I uh, as a as an individual, I've worked in the uh, recruitment industry. I've been in the the, the army, and uh, uh, at one point, I was uh, vice chair of supporters direct. Uh, oh, okay. uh, and then I had uh, a, a rather unpleasant car accident, which left me left me disabled. And uh, all of a sudden, I came across uh, uh, all of the barriers that uh, we hear so much about in. Uh, uh, in, in society that are put in the way of uh, disabled people. And I got myself involved uh, uh, by default, I think, with uh, Level Playing Field um, uh, and uh, have been there for about 12, 13 years, something like that, all, all, all told. And as an organisation, we campaign for accessibility at uh, sports stage. I think we're, we're best known for football for, for, for obvious reasons. That, that's very much where our, our roots were, uh, uh, were lodged. But we we're very much uh, involved in other sports, so we we uh, uh, engage with uh, both codes of uh, rugby. We're involved with horse racing and tennis and golf, all sorts of things. So it's uh, it's interesting. But the, with the aim behind the organisation is to ensure that uh, people with disabilities have the same right as everybody else to get in to view the sport and uh, and follow the sport that they love. And they, you know the, the the benefits to the individual uh, uh, with a disability from being able to do that are absolutely incredible. 
Um, before we move on, Tony, I'm, I'm going mm. to pretend that I'm asking you this context, this question for a bit of context. But yeah, I'm, I'm only asking you just in case it turns out you're a Brighton fan. But who do you support? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't support Brighton, and I don't. Uh, I, I'm not a Premier League fan, so I'm. I'm uh, uh, I, I, originally, I was a, a Darlington fan for for, oh, okay. for many, many, many years, which yeah. uh, uh, was a club that went through all sorts of uh, uh, issues with uh, uh, ownership, um, which uh, was concurrent with my time as supporters direct, which was 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 fascinating. So I was uh, very active in the. Uh, uh, trust at Darlington at the time when uh, uh, George Reynolds was was chairman, the infamous okay. George George I Reynolds. Remember. So that that was quite a, quite a time. More recently, I've I've become sort of uh, apolitical, if that's the, the right word, in, t- in terms of football. And I I'll, I I enjoy watching football. Full stop. So uh, uh, I'll, I I obviously I always keep an eye on what. Uh, what's happening with Darlington, and uh, but uh, um, yeah, I also supported Middlesbrough when I was uh, when I was uh, a youngster. So uh, uh, you know, I'm a bit uh, a bit collaborative in my my support. I've got to say. Ah, do you know what? I almost envy you. Imagine being able to enjoy watching football. That's... Imagine, yeah. imagine. Well, imagine being a Darlington fan. That ah, was, yeah, well... uh, that, at, at the time of George Reynolds, that oh, was no, not no, a no, not no. a not an easy period of uh, of football support. I asked this question with with some mm. sadness, Tony. But it, it, it's twenty twenty three. Some people listening to this may still be surprised that level playing field needs to exist. How, how much progress has has been made in in recent years since, oh, since you've you know? Part? You know, people often ask ask me that question, and I, I'm, like you, I always say, you know, it's sad that there's a need for a, a level playing field, and you know, we're we're in the twenty first century. It shouldn't be needed. I suspect we'll probably still need it in the twenty second century. Okay. It, it's yeah. it's it's a it's an ever present, but there has been a huge amount of uh, uh, progress. When the uh, uh, Premier League announced its uh, uh, pledge, which came as a bit of a surprise to us. Uh, mm. I think it was back in uh, uh, 2015. The, 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 you know, when that happened, it, uh, uh, it it stimulated quite a lot of uh, a lot of change and a lot of progress. And I think we we. I mean, when I first started going to football matches, it, you know, it, the, if you were disabled, you were lucky if you were able to uh, push one of those smoke loose smoke wagons into the the corner of the pitch and watch uh watch from a three-wheeler it, it really was uh pretty barbaric in in those days uh, now uh, i think that the facilities are much much better there's a lot more um in the way of of training of uh stewards at football clubs which is again is something we're we're very much uh, uh actively involved with at, at, at level playing field and i think that that uh that sort of progress has been been huge and there's also been a recognition i think in the last uh, few years that um, disability doesn't just mean wheelchair users you know there's there's all sorts of issues uh, um that uh, that need to need to be considered so i think uh, i think we have made progress you know but uh Every time you you know it, it, it's the one step forward, two steps back. We, you know, I, I, I was feeling really good about the way things were going, and then all of a sudden we had the pandemic. There were yeah. great things done by clubs <laughs> with uh, disabled supporters during the pandemic, contacting them, keeping in regular touch with them, and then all of a sudden we had that uh, debacle at, at Wembley that sets things sets things yeah. back. We yeah. see 
events in Paris, it's um, you know, it's frustrating. I've got to say that uh, sometimes things uh, seem to be good, and then all of a sudden we're we're in a, a, a real issue area. I'm going to come on later, Tony, to mm. uh, the wheelchair uh, d- debate, for want of a better word, and the yep. more visible disabilities. Did, did you say they were called blue smoke wagons? Well, that was that was my my description for the old uh, uh, disability vehicles that used yeah. to used to be provided in the days before before mobility. The, 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 the horrible, I think there were two two stroke vehicles with uh, um, uh, three wheels, and um, you know, you could get one one person in. They were absolutely ghastly things. I, I never actually went in one myself, but I I always remember the smell that uh, that came out of the exhaust on the things. Well, I think it's really important that younger listeners to this pod, uh, Tony, we do have some, it turns out. Mm. Um, apparently, one or two under the age of 30, we were surprised to hear. But we have we have many, many thousands of listeners. And I think a lot yeah. of them will be intrigued to hear that because one of my earliest memories watching TV uh, as a kid, watching football, was at Stamford Bridge, uh-huh. where, where you saw this, I, I mean, you can almost describe it as a kind of Del Boy type Yes. vehicle which was parked almost behind the goal very close to the goal and it and it, it, it took a while no one ever explained what it was yeah uh, and yeah. it's really interesting to hear your view on it where where are we in comparison to to other countries tony and are you campaigning are you in touch with disability groups around europe and around the world as well Absolutely, I, 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 uh, I mean, we're, we're we're certainly. Uh, I think we're probably leading the way in, uh, uh, in 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 England and Wales. I think we we've made uh, uh, so much progress, and I think other countries do look to uh, to where where uh, where we are. Personally, I keep in contact with uh, uh, clubs on a, a outside of uh, the level playing field patch as I'm also on the board of the uh, Centre for Access to Football in Europe, CAFE, which is our uh, um, uh, associate organisation that uh, is now operating pretty much on a global global basis. So, yeah, um, we, we keep in touch. Uh, and it's disappointing sometimes to see, uh, you know, progress, again, very similar, replicating what what's happening in the UK, that there is progress and then all of a sudden things start to uh, go backwards. And, you know, the usual story, it, it's money is often a, a yeah. big motivator behind uh, behind the issues. I've, I've been researching another football project, Tony, mm-hmm. that, that's involved wading through, for want of a better word, the hundreds and hundreds of pages of FA and league ground regulations. Yeah. And, and until you get fairly high up the pyramid, whereas there are strict rules about toilet facilities for fans, match officials and players, there are no specific rules for disabled fans. There's only a reminder of the club's obligations under the 1995 Disabilities Act. I yeah. Found that, I found that really quite distressing, especially when every single page is, is emblazoned with a logo that says, you know, open to all, fair to all. And that, that quite clearly isn't, is it? Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. And I think if you look at the uh, Premier League rule book, there are, I think, sort of 11 cursory references to uh, disability. So so that is uh, 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 an issue. And one of the things we're working on as an organisation is the, a rewrite of the Accessible Stager Guide, which basically sets the, the standards for uh, – uh, accessibility for uh, uh, sports stadium, and it won't uh, just be for, uh, uh, for for football. Um, 
And one of the things I'd certainly like to see would be for this to be ingrained in the in the rule book, uh, particularly in, in, in you know I think the Premier League everybody everybody looks to the Premier League uh, for for obvious reasons, and I think they are a bit of a trailblazer on on that. But certainly, if they were to access and uh, ensure that there was compliance with accessible stadia guide in their rules then I think the uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Premier League clubs who uh, are perhaps not so uh, 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 active in, in mm. terms of ensuring accessibility, I think there'd be a change of heart. Now, and I've certainly heard it from uh, uh, one chairman who said, you know, I'll, if it's in the rule book, we'll do it. But until it's in the rule book, we're just going to, uh, you know, plod on as, as we are at the moment, which is you know, kind of disappointing. But, you know, <laughs> I can understand in some ways, you know, compliance is uh, is essential. And this, I've got to say, this is a point we made when uh, uh, I, I, I spoke uh, spoke with Tracy Crouch when she was uh, carrying out her, her review. That one of the one of the ways that we'll see real change in football. Now, let's just put this in context. One in four people in our society are uh, in contact with somebody with a disability one way or another one yeah. in four that is a huge huge minority you look at the boardrooms of uh, football clubs governing yeah. bodies yeah. you look yeah. at companies they don't have anything like that sort of representation so that it can start right at the top with uh, changes on that and we we argued for a a, a, a bit like the financial services of uh, 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 financial uh, uh, requirements that there should be a comply and explain uh, regulation if uh, if they don't have more uh, disabled people in, in in senior leadership positions or, or indeed in management positions within uh, uh, organizations I'm amazed you managed to have a serious conversation with Tracy Crouch without her telling you how much she likes Kieran. <laughs> most of my conversations with Kieran about how much she likes uh, Tracy Crouch. You, you've, you've actually preempted my next question there. It's interesting, is the Premier League regulations. Because yeah. I actually counted the paragraphs. There's, there's just about as much in the Premier League regulations about space for the away team's data analysis uh, crew as yep. there is for disabled fans. But it, is it up to leagues to enforce rules on the disabled fans' experience, or is it up to clubs to go above and beyond the bare minimum requirements? Because it, it sounds to me what you were saying there about some Premier League clubs is that they're, they're not exactly paying lip service, but they're, they're, they're doing the, the bare minimum that they need to do. I think you only have to look at the the, the, the figures. I mean, I, one of the one of the problems I have, we, we often see the measurement of progress for uh, particularly Premier League clubs is uh, is always down to the number of wheelchair spaces that yes. are recommended yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the actual. Now, I, I accept that there are real problems with. Uh, with, with with that, and they probably do reflect in 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 part the uh, commitment of, of clubs to to progress. But I also I'm a, I'm a bit of a pragmatist uh, uh, by nature, and I understand that there is uh, a cost involved. You know, disability is probably the one protected characteristic uh, uh, that involves capital outlay. You know, if you want to deal with with racism, you you change hearts and minds if you want to deal with homophobia you change hearts and yeah. mind if you want to deal with disability you got to spend money one way or another um uh you know that's that's where we we come down to uh, to the problem 
plus uh you know the 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 usual excuse that uh i have presented to me is that you know we we've got an old stadium we can't do these changes we we can't yeah. possibly do that i'm i'm going to i'm going to come on to that as well because unfortunately right. at, at my club that is an issue but are, are there any clubs that are actually honest enough to say to you look tony one disabled bay one wheelchair bay takes up the space of 12 to 14 seats that we could sell you know, I've heard that time and time again, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I, you, I, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I think yeah. there is, you know, there is, uh, there's a legal issue uh, that clubs have got. You know, I don't, I don't think football should not be exempt from uh, legal scrutiny, uh, and it's managed to evade it uh, or avoid it so far um, uh, by by making changes. But at the end of the day. We do have an Equality Act, and you know clubs are required to make league, uh, reasonable adjustments. Uh, and I, I, part of me hopes that we never get to the stage where that has to be tested in court. But the other part of me says that you know until we actually have that uh, proper legal definition of what a, a reasonable adjustment is. We're never going to make a, a, a great deal of progress. So there's there are arguments on both sides there. I think. I want to ask you about the other excuses that, that clubs might be giving. Because I, I, you know, I love horse racing. You mentioned I love horse racing. Yeah. And, and at a race course, you, you, you think to yourself, well, there's, there's a, a lot of space there, surely. Once you're in the, in the, in the course, there's a lot of space. There's no excuse you, you can imagine for not making access more easy. Mm-hmm. But I also love uh, theatre. That's my background, comedy and theatre. And yeah. Many West End theatres are still saying, well, it's a Victorian building. What, mm-hmm. what can we do? I, I was a, a, a very dear friend of mine, God rest her soul. I was her companion. She loved ballet. So I went to quite a few shows with her, and it, it, it became embarrassing sometimes. There was one theatre that I won't name where, where the disabled toilet was on the second floor, mm. but there was no lift. Yeah. And, and when yeah. we spoke, when I asked to speak to the, the manager of the theatre about it, he was lovely and apologetic, but he said, well, you know, it was built in 1871. No one cared about those things. So what, what exclusives are clubs to you? And I, and I know my club, Crystal Palace, the, 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 the goodwill towards disabled fans is enormous. And they have made mm-hmm. some brilliant changes. A quiet room for autistic fans, for example. They, they've done a lot of stuff. But, you know, Steve Parrish... And he says quite openly, until we get the new stand, when the new stand's open, we will address everything. Yeah. But you think, well, it, there must still be ways around these these problems, even in the oldest stadium, surely. Well, I think there. I think there are. If there's, if the, uh, you know, and, I, and, and you know, I've got to say, I, I hear it time and time again. You know, when we open our new new ground, we'll have the fantastic facilities when we uh when we open the new stand it's going to be great and we're going to in, 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 you know make make it inclusive but there are things that can be done at the moment that you know it doesn't have to be always have to be huge expenditure to make uh make an improvement and as i say the you know the 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 danger is that we do concentrate purely and simply on wheelchair provision yeah, or, or spa- yeah. wheelchair spaces as as the as the the the, the primary uh, uh factor as to whether a club is accessible or not it's not there's way there's far more uh, important issues that well as important issues that uh, uh, surround it so that we we've got uh, uh, you know provision for neurodiverse uh, uh, 
supporters by way of uh, sensory rooms and so on, which are, are fantastic. Yeah. Better trained uh, stewards who understand. I mean, I I remember going to a football match. Get this: when I when I when I I, I have uh, a mobility issue, so I, I sometimes I'm a wheelchair user. Sometimes I I, I use crutches. Uh, I went to one football match. I had I was using my crutches, and a steward tried to take the crutches off me wow. because he said they were a weapon. Now I'm an ex-army officer, and I, you know I wasn't a young sixteen-year-old hooligan. I, you know I, I didn't uh, really fit the profile of uh, uh, f- football football thug, and yet you know he was insistent he was going to take the the crutches away from me. Um, so we had a little debate, and then he realised he, he was talking nonsense. But that happens time and time, time again, and it still happens from you know, reports I, I'm getting from people. Uh, I had somebody else who uh, uh, went to a, 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 a ground with an assistance dog, and the steward, who obviously hadn't been trained properly, just refused them entry with the, the assistance. You're not taking that that yeah. dog; it's not coming in this stadium. Full yeah. stop. Well, you know. Training can uh, cover an awful lot of issues like like that, that like that and solve a lot of problems like that. And just the way that you look after your your disabled supporters when when they're when they're in the stadium. I I I, I go to Middlesbrough from time to time. The, the provisions at Middlesbrough are great. You know they they come and they, they somebody comes and takes an order whether you want coffee or tea or whatever at, at half time and then half time. Here it comes and arrives, and, and it's great, you know. That that's little things like that make such a, a huge difference. You, uh, you know, the, the provision of accessible toilet uh, spaces and, and changing uh, space. I mean, can you imagine if uh, uh, you know if you if you need a changing room for uh, somebody with a disability and it's not there, and you've just got to you make use of a, 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 a an ordinary ordinary disabled toilet which are you know, a lot of them are not big enough I, i've been to uh some grounds where they, they, it's supposedly uh, an accessible toilet and you you go in with a wheelchair and you can't close the door i mean come on let's yeah, you know, let's get yeah. into the 21st century that is just not acceptable uh, and it's not acceptable under any circumstances whether it's an old building whether it's a new building i don't care it's not acceptable well it's not acceptable as well tony we were told by many fans, that, and I, I, again, it's to my, to my shame and to Kieran's shame as well for assuming that everything was getting better. But so many fans told us that uh, they were put next to the home fans when they oh, came yeah. to, to away games, which is like yeah. that. That can't be right. The assistance dog thing is really interesting. When I was doing mm-hmm. match of the day two, because um, uh, we had very good relationships with Arsenal, yeah. they asked us to do some films covering the the end of Highbury and the, the building of the new stadium. Yeah. And I was really impressed how seriously they took uh, the needs for disabled fans when they're building the new stadium, which is because it was a blank team. But in particular, I, I was I was actually quite touched by the fact that each blind space, where they got the commentary thing, which is great, mm-hmm. but, but each one had a, a, a little space for the assistance dog and a little bowl of food and bowl of water. Yeah, the assistance dog, which I actually generally found that quite touching. I do need. I've, you've you've raised it yourself. The the reason we've started talking about disabled issues, uh, Tony, was it, a few weeks ago, and it, it was essentially a financial reason because we are mm-hmm. a football finance pod, and it was yeah. down to us being asked about this notion of one disabled wheelchair bay takes up twelve to fourteen seats. Yeah, and we were very politely taken to task by. 
a lot, a lot of football fans for only discussing wheelchair bound fans. Mm. We, you know, we, we heard all sorts of stories, which I was really disappointed to hear. One fan in particular with cerebral palsy, who like you is sometimes wheelchair bound, sometimes crutches, but was telling us about grounds where the, the car park, disabled car park was a 15 minute walk away from the actual stadium. We had blind fans getting in touch with parents of autistic fans, all sorts of people, which is a long winded way of saying something you've hinted at. Is, is it too easy for non-disabled fans to focus simply on the visible disabilities? And how many people would you say are, are disabled? I mean, it, it's brilliant on London Transport mm. at the moment, for example. There's yeah. a fantastic campaign which says one out of five people on this train will have a disability. You just you just don't know it, so please exactly. offer your seat. Yeah. Please. So in, in, a, in a football ground with, say, 20,000 people, we know from Kieran's experience, who's colourblind, that 7 to 8% of those people in the ground will be colourblind. So how many people of disability would you say are in a football ground? Do you want to know something? I don't think I could give you a definitive answer to that. Right, okay. and one, of the, one of the reasons I can't give you a definitive answer is that a lot of people who have a disability don't like to declare the fact that they have a disability. Oh, and right. I'll take. I'll give you my own personal experience. I I, I had a, a a car. Well, I didn't have a car crash. A truck drove into the back of me, uh, right. which left me with uh, a problem. And for probably the first eighteen months after that, I, you know, I'd had broken neck and all sorts. It was it was not yeah. uh, not a not a minor little little scrap. For for eighteen months after after that. I didn't. I didn't tell people I was disabled. You know, it, it was something I steered clear of because so I was worried totally, about the. Yeah, was that was that a pride thing? Was that a, a, because you wanted to to still work and you didn't want? People, why did you want? Why the reluctance to let people know? I think it was a, a function. I, I mean, it probably was a, a bit of bit of pride, but I think it was first and foremost. It was the fact that I was. Uh, I mean, I run I run my own business. So I was probably in a slightly better in, a position than, than most people that I could keep everything uh, uh, ticking over. But I, you know, it it worried me what uh, impression people were going to have of me as a disabled person. I mean. I look back on it now, and I think you know I'm ashamed of myself. I should, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who goes around saying I carry my disability as a, as a badge of pride. You know, yeah. it, it, I am what I am. Uh, you know, is 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 my my viewpoint now. But uh, I, I think a lot of people are very very conscious about the the fact that if they they declare themselves as uh, as as disabled, a other people are going to think differently about them, which. I've got to say, sadly, some people do. Yeah. Uh, they're worried about the the work implications and uh, all, all sorts of other, other problems. Um, I have sadly, to say, yeah, it, it well, it, it is. Yeah. Um, one of the I don't want to use the word ambitions that you mm. you talk about in your uh, level playing field uh, website because it shouldn't be an ambition; it should be a given. But you talk about wanting to ensure that disabled people are seen as customers with the same commercial value as other fans. I, I, I found that really interesting, mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time thinking, and I couldn't recall any evidence of seeing that at any ground I'd been to recently. Even, even simple things like a club shop mm-hmm. where th- things are out of reach, things are on higher share. I, I, it seems to me that football football clubs, and it seems to me as well that that's the goal, that's when you know 
your job is done when do you know there are i've got to say there are examples of of clubs where they are doing uh uh, things there are uh some club shops that will only open during certain hours where they have subdued lighting or or different lighting to cope with uh uh people who've got sensory issues which is fantastic clubs as you say the you know the the different counters that's beginning to change uh we've see clubs where they've got different systems for for food ordering which uh, uh, are, are more accessible for people with with uh, different disabilities uh, we see uh, uh, audio commentary at football matches yeah. for people yeah. uh, you know uh, there is there is a lot happening that uh, we perhaps aren't always aware of but uh, um, th- you know there is some some good news and I, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, Cardiff uh, in uh, a few weeks time uh, and I know they they've they've they do an, an awful lot for their uh, disabled supporters, and they've got a very strong uh, disabled supporters association as well, which you know, is is something that we encourage because one of the, you know sometimes uh, I think disabled people are by nature quite passive; they don't want to be uh, pushing because they are they're always worried that you know if I complain too much, the club's just going to take my season ticket away and they're going to oh, wow. give it to somebody else, and there's going to be plenty of people in, in in the queue, so they they don't always push as hard as they they should which is um, one of the reasons why we're around as an organization and we we can do that on on behalf of uh, uh, of individuals but a strong dsa that can speak sensibly right i mean, I mean there's a perception i think in some people that because you're disabled you're not capable of doing anything else you know you can't contribute sensibly to uh, to a discussion you can't you can't yeah. sit in a boardroom and make financial decisions of course you can and i'll tell you what if uh, if there's one in four people associated with disability that's one in four people who can spend money at football clubs they can spend money on shirts they can spend money on season tickets and things like that it's a big economic uh, value to football clubs that they really really need to to push forward with well, I could say that's that'll almost be the glorious day that you know your job is over when clubs start to exploit you commercially in the same way that they exploit me commercially, basically. Well, I'd like to. I'd, I mean, I'd, I certainly would like to uh, to think that one day an organisation like Level Playing Field won't yeah. be needed. Uh, I suspect that's uh, a very long way away, if uh, if at all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insight, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. 
Sem estranho. The Disabled Supporters Association is an interesting mm. one, uh, Tony. And yeah. I, I feel I might have been a little bit unfair to my club, actually, because there's a very active uh, DSA at, at Palace, um, yeah. a lot of whom I know, and the club engaged with them very well. They, 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 And it's not just they don't they go way above their responsibilities in terms of engaging with them unfortunately a lot of the time it is to explain some of the reasons why the, the access isn't as good as it could but the, yeah. the, the palace do take it very seriously yeah but does does every club at every level have a disabled supporters association i'm slightly distressed to hear you say that there are some disabled fans who feel that if they if they raise their head above the parapet, they might lose their season ticket. Because yeah, I tell you what, that, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I think that's the perception that the disabled fan has, right. uh, rather than uh, any specific policy from from a club. And uh, one of the things we do at uh, Level Playing Field is actively promote the uh, uh, setting up of uh, uh, disabled supporters associations, and we will will work with disabled fans and the clubs to make sure that that. Uh, uh, functions properly, that it's got the right sort of constitution, and that it, it's got a bit, you know, it needs to have a bit of uh, uh, bite. There's a two-way respect thing, you know, when it's like any form of negotiation. The club has got to respect the Disabled Supporters Association, but the, in fairness, the D- Disabled Supporters Association has got to understand some of the problems that mm. uh, clubs are facing, particularly in, in uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, you know, we, we're, we're in a financial crisis, and I don't think football, once you get outside the uh, uh, the the mega big clubs football is not uh, immune from that. I, I, I know from my own experience of uh, uh, looking at uh, some clubs, it's, uh, it it can be uh, a very very hard uh, hard time financially. And DSAs have got to be uh, uh, un- understanding about that and work collaboratively with the with the club to to see what can be done because things can be done incrementally and it, you know li- little changes can make a huge huge difference. Are there any specific aspects of the disabled fan experience you're currently uh, focusing on? Uh, we we did a survey uh, not. Uh, not so very long ago, where we asked, and um, this is post uh, post pandemic, we we're asking disabled fans what their biggest concerns were, and uh, I, one didn't surprise me, and one uh, one did. The, the one that didn't surprise me was that uh, uh, people were uh, uh, thinking people that their viewpoint was that. I can't see when I go to the match. You know, the, the minute there's anything exciting happens, somebody yeah. stands up and all yeah. I can see is somebody's backside in front yeah. of me. I, you know, what's the point of me doing that? So I think the the, the, the field of vision, if you like, for uh, 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 disabled fans, particularly those who are obviously in a, in a wheelchair, but I'm, I'm not a wheelchair user most of the time. I struggle when I go to football matches yeah. to get a decent view. And some grounds, I've got to say, the view... Uh, uh, is absolutely uh, 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 appalling, and you you, yeah. you can see you know I don't know ten percent of the pitch at some grounds is absolutely yeah. crazy. The other issue that uh, um, uh, I, I found uh, uh, concerning was that uh, people were concerned about other fans' uh, attitude towards uh, disabled supporters, which I think is a um, uh, a big issue that we really yeah. need to think about and, and, and address. And we have, uh, um, you know, I think probably more by accident rather than intent, but we've, we've seen situations where flares have landed in uh, uh, disabled supporters sections. That's that 
really does uh, uh, worry me. Uh, we we saw everything that went on at uh, well at Old Trafford first, and then at, at Wembley, as uh, disabled uh, entrances were, were were stormed by fans. It it is does cause a bit of concern among, among supporters. So you know the the sort of things that you would normally think are are, are going to be the key issues, like getting hold of a ticket and getting getting to the stadium and so on. They're not necessarily the major concerns that people have. I I must say, Kieran and I were very disappointed and producer guy not to say distressed that some of the stories we heard from disabled fans about this issue especially where a couple of grounds where disabled away fans are situated near to home fans who obviously couldn't stop themselves celebrating a winning goal in the same way that they would which is not it sounded terrifying and it's not good it's not right and I can't understand why anybody's common sense at any ground would, would situate away fans of any sort next to home fans exactly and you you know as 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 well as i do when you go to a football match you want to be with your fellow fans of you course. want to be there you know it, it you know it, that's 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 part of the thing about football the last thing you want to be is sat in with uh with with, with the opposition and feeling really really uncomfortable which i i guess is the situation you, you find yourself in when uh when that happens and it is awful and uh, you know i've experienced it it's not it's not good it uh it takes away your enjoyment of the game and to be honest, you spend most of the time worrying about what's going on around you rather than what's happening on the pitch. So it, it becomes a bit of a bit of a pointless exercise. Well, of course, and there isn't a football fan listening to this who won't have had the experience where you go to a game and you think you find yourself actually you think yeah, I'm a little bit too close to some of this, and you but you go to a steward or you go to a policeman, and you say, "Mate, do you mind if I move a yep. bit further away?" And they will say, "Yeah, of course, there's loads of seats." Whereas you, you know, many disabled fans simply can't do that. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, which is why, you know, the, this uh, idea of uh, uh, away fans being, you know, mixed in with the home fans, you know, with, with, you know in terms of disability is just not, uh, is not practical. And, and that's one of the, one of the key things that really does need to change and it needs to change quickly. It's, it's not only not practical, Tony, it's not acceptable. Um, no. I, I want to end with a, with a, uh, a double question, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'd like to ask um, what's next for you, how far ahead you're planning various campaigns and projects. But secondly, as I say, we have tens of thousands of listeners to this pod every week. What what can you suggest to them? What can you say to them about how they can they can help, either on a practical level by putting pressure on clubs or just things to look out for if they see a fan who has a disability or to consider the fact that somebody may have a disability they can't see what what can you what can you say to to our lovely listeners what i would say to you know let me answer that that second part of the the, the question first the, the First thing is just a mere recognition of the fact that when you are looking at somebody who might be swaying in in in, in a queue, they might not necessarily be drunk. They may have a, a, a disability that, that that causes that. Be aware that you know it is you know a, 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 an issue that uh, you know just 
pay a bit of respect to 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 uh, your your fellow fellow fans. They're probably sub- supporters of the same club as you. You know, look, do, yeah. I, I'm not saying you should go out of your way to uh, you know to, to to physically help because sometimes you know that that's the last thing you want is is, is somebody grabbing your arm and saying, here, here, mate, I'll help you this way because I, I might not want to go that way. You know, just uh, <laughs> be be, uh, be apply a bit of common sense, but accept that uh, it may be uh, somebody with a, an, an invisible disability. So that that really is the, the, the main thing. Yeah, put pressure on your clubs. I mean, you know, every time, um, you know, I, 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 I talk to, to politicians and we get onto the, the Equality Act, the one thing I always keep pushing to, 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 to them, and it'd be, it would be great if uh, uh, other, other football fans could do, could do the same. We look at the Equality Act and we've got all these protected characteristics and it's like a league table in effect. You know, so you know, race and homophobia are right at the top, and, it, and yeah. it's right that they are protected characters, absolutely hundred uh, percent. But disabilities is right the way down, you know, and it, it's sort of our well, we'll 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 worry about that later. Disability is as ha, has the same level of requirement as any of those other protected characteristics. So let's just make sure that we uh, we respect that and that we recognise the number of people who do have disabilities or are connected with people with disabilities because it, it is a, a large number of people. It's 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 the largest minority group, I, 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 I suspect, when you uh, uh, look at it uh, uh, in that way. And, you know, for, from a club point of view, there's a big revenue source for for people out there. From a from a, a sporter point of view, there's loads of fans who could make a you know you could shout very loud for your team when uh, uh, when when you support them. So that uh, that that uh, is something I would I would certainly encourage. And in terms of uh, level playing field, we're uh, 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 very active uh, uh, in in terms of our uh, uh, expanding our work into into other sports because it's important that uh, a rugby fan has the same opportunities as a as a, a football fan or a racehorse fan, what, whatever. Um, so we're we're moving into 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 other areas, but uh, a key thing that we're uh, working on at the moment is uh, the the rewrite of the accessible stager guide, which uh, uh, should be completed by by the end of this year, and I think that will make quite a, a dramatic uh, uh, impact in terms of what is considered a, 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 a requirement, a, a basic minimum requirement that clubs could, should uh, move to. But you know, I'm not satisfied with uh, clubs simply complying with as a minimum. You know, I I want clubs to provide the best possible service. So we're we're looking for clubs to to lead the way and i think yeah i think it's fair to say that football in many ways and you you were talking about the theater a bit earlier Mm. i think it's fair to say that football really has been a bit of a shining beacon in terms of disability i mean it's uh, it's not shied away from the fact that there are problems in 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 the game uh it has addressed some of those problems uh, and it's probably done a lot more than uh, other sectors uh, in in industry and commerce have have, have done so far. So I think uh, football shouldn't be too ashamed of the the progress that uh, has been made. But uh, there's still a long, long way to go. Well, that's good to hear, Tony. Uh, just one point. You know, we, everybody sees everything in terms of league tables these days, in terms of hierarchies, <laughs> and of course, what that 
forgets is that some disabled people are gay, some black people are disabled, so that these things are not all mutually exclusive, are they? That's the thing. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tony, yeah. It, it's, I, I wish I could say it has been a pleasure talking to you, Tony. It's been really interesting and I've learned a lot, but in the uh, politest possible way, I wish we didn't have to talk to you. <laughs> um, I, I, it's, it's a shame that even now you, you, you have to be there campaigning but we wish you all the best and if there's anything we can ever uh, help you with in terms of publicity or profile then please let us know and come on and talk to us again and of course we wish you well uh, in all your endeavors that's very kind of you i've enjoyed our talk kieran it's it's like like i said earlier or yesterday's pod rather we you know in in the space of the last three and four weeks you and i have quadrupled our knowledge of what it's like to be a disabled football fan. And some of the things that hearing from Tony there is incredible to think that we live in the year 2023, even though progress is being made. But I was really interested in what you had to say, that one of their ambitions for disabled fans is that they are seen as uh, commercially important um, to football clubs. And, And he spoke there about how some club shops, for example, are making progress having different height counters, for example. But it strikes me, Kieran, that football clubs are really missing a trick because there are probably, at a Premier League game, there are probably a 1,000 people who who have a disability of some sort. And it, it seems to me that clubs, I don't know whether they assume that disabled people don't have money to spend, but it seems to me they're missing a trick there in, 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 in not trying to see the commercial value of disabled fans. I mean, like I said, it seems to me that the, the, the golden ambition is that when disabled fans are commercially exploited like the rest of us then you, you won't need to have level playing field yeah you, you're, you're absolutely right and you know everybody who is a fan regardless of whether they've got a disability or not wants to engage with the club on a variety of absolutely. levels and to make it more difficult for a section of your fan base to get together with the club in, in any way, shape, or form, is 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 ludicrous because you know that that fan might be involved in in another industry which could help the club in a variety yeah. of ways. That that fan could potentially know somebody who could become the next club owner or or have you know other uh, opportunities to 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 bring the club forwards. Um, and and again, one of the things which I noted in the interview was I I've become more aware of my unconscious bias yeah. of things yeah. and and you know and, and we, we should always admit that we're in a position to learn um and and listening to tony that's that's one of the things yeah it's one of the exits which which i one of the takeaways that i that I, I i picked up from listening to him talk yeah. yeah thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our patreon page if you'd like to make a small monthly contribution as well then that would be very kind of you you can do so by going to patreon.com slash price of football. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com and we will be back in just a couple of days' time with our next questions pod. Bye everybody. Bye. The price of football.
Surprise, son, photo ball.